Got 15 minutes to spare? Then you've got time for Extra Easy, our new short, sharp sister show to the Speakeasy with Annie and Carla. Hello, Annie. We're back on Extra Hi. Easy. How extra are you today? Oh, I'm extra, extra good today. How are you today, Carla? Yeah, I'm pumping. It's, well, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing um, um, eyes at our producer, Joe, because she seems to schedule these on a Monday morning for us to record. Uh, like, what the hell is that about? But today's a good Monday for me. Yeah, and it's a beautiful Monday here in Melbourne. Sunny. Right. We had a Same rainy weekend, so right. it's very nice. It's cold, you know, chilling down pretty much, but a uh, really nice day. Terrific. So, so tell us, you've are. been um, you've been following excusing. the harm reduction conference. Uh, I've been looking uh-huh. at a little bit on on Twitter. Tell me what what did you yeah. what did you see? Yeah, well, look. So it was the International Harm Reduction Conference, or it's also known as the International Conference on Drug Related Harms, or something like that. But anyway, uh, it was in Montreal mm-hmm. and uh, in Canada, and. Um, it was well attended, I, I believe, um, you know, really great conference. And one, there was a few things that stood out to me, but one of them that I thought was quite uh, relevant to some of the things going on here at the moment was uh, in relation to a paper presented, a, sm- a smallish study, but it was around fentanyl, a fentanyl test fentanyl. that has, yeah, fentanyl drug checking type test that's been introduced in the Insight Safe Injecting Room in Vancouver in Canada. And they're basically kind of, the authors are sort of saying, you know, could lead, this initiative could lead to uh, fewer overdoses. And the reason they're saying that is that basically um, they introduced these uh, drug checking tests into the Insight. They're based essentially on um, sort of like a urine testing. They're an adaption of sort of urinalysis type uh, technology. And it's just a little, uh, basically people put a few kind of grains of their, the substance they've bought into a cooker with hot water and submerge this little test strip right. uh, into it. And it basically um, appears within seconds and sort of one line uh, means that it contains fentanyl and two lines means it doesn't. Right. And um, so this was sort of um, a study, a small study done and basically um, they found quite, surprisingly um, so they did it was like uh, a thousand checks over about eight months and in all uh, 79% of the drugs tested tested positive for fentanyl and that included 83% of drugs that were first reported to be heroin uh, 82% uh, crystal meth and 40% cocaine so people so, didn't know um, they were buying fentanyl in the mix of stuff. That's that, right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's given them the opportunity. This only tests, obviously, for fentanyl. I guess one of the things that the authors themselves point out is there's a few things really, one of them being that, you know, it doesn't test for other analogues. And, you know, that's one of the big issues in opioid, the opioid era, well, generally yeah. in drugs at the moment, you know, novel psychoactives, the whole bit is, that, you know, the new analogues are being produced, you know, faster than you can possibly even sort yeah. of fi- find them, name them, follow them, whatever. So that is, you know, one caveat here is to sort of go, well, look, you know, this is a well-known substance, but nevertheless, there, there has been kind of concern for some time that this was probably what was going on in terms of an opioid overdose, um, some of the super agnus being involved. So, you know, that that's interesting in itself. 
they also, I guess the other issue to raise is it is small numbers. I did say a 1,000 checks over about eight months, yeah. but what that turns out to be is really only three to four people a day right. from the from the 110, 120 or so that use the centre every day. So, you know, what it could be, I think we need to be really careful, it, it could be that with that small number of people, they're sort of sourcing their drugs from a particular right. place, yep. yeah, and maybe using a few times a day. And so it may not be a widespread practice, and I think it needs to be sort of, you know, that needs to be sort of thought about and wasn't really reported in the media mm -hmm. that came with mm -hmm. it. So I think that's worth thinking about. Nevertheless, so not overstating it, I guess, yep. but, but the thing is is that I guess when I said I thought it had some resonance for here, it just really, you know, at the moment in, in Canada, um, yes, they're having sort of, you know, large numbers of um, opioid overdose deaths. Um, it's a really terrible situation. Um, and they're, you know, calling it an opioid overdose epidemic and all these things and responding, you know, in really some very quite innovative ways. And they're really trying to get on top of things, I think, you know, yep. uh, inject, safe injecting, more safe injecting yep. rooms have been announced. I mean, many drug users would say not enough. Uh, going on and that was certainly raised at the conference when the Canadian health minister um, spoke uh, that some of the drug users were uh, there was a protest about the, the government not doing enough but I guess when you're sitting in Australia with a very similar situation happening here with overdose deaths back were beyond what they were in the you know early around 2000 2001 in Australia when Yep. We saw some action. Um, they're worse than that now, but we're seeing like nothing like the action that the Canadian government is taking. In fact, we're seeing no action really and no response. So, I, I think it's um, there's some messages in here for Australia and uh, and certainly some discussion um, and even research that would be good and to did, look at. Did um, that did mm. that paper um, say people did something differently once they? What, that once they knew Thank you. that their drugs had fentanyl in them? Yep, they yeah, they did. Thank you. Um, they basically said, oh, so, you know, once again, small numbers, but of those who checked, um, they then subsequently um, decided to make, you know, reduce their dose, make right. different decisions. And so, hence, um, this is why the study, uh, the, the people doing the study are saying potential for, uh, fewer overdoses or potentially an right. overdose initiative because they believe that um, and the you know the evidence is certainly suggesting in other areas as well is that once people who have illicit drugs once they're given the opportunity to check and then find out what's in the drugs that they've purchased uh, there is you know evident growing evidence that people will respond to that and act um, to yep. protect their health and yeah yep. so this is showing this in a different area normally we see that sort of evidence coming out of the kind of um, you know more music festivals and dance drugs area yeah this time uh, looking in a um, you know the area of opioid use and safe injecting rooms so and has that paper been yeah. published any separate to um, the conference look, presentation yeah or? look I'm not I'm actually I'm not aware of that there was um, we can put a link to um, a media article uh -huh. that was um, in something called the Globe and the Mail which is a you know a publication newspaper type yeah, publication newspaper, in yeah. Uh, yeah in in Canada uh, Toronto I think but um, so I do have that but no I'm not aware of whether the paper that was presented at the 
at the conference has been published, but we could follow that up and if it has potentially provide a link if it's available. Yeah, yeah, we can um, free yeah. free of charge. Yeah, and again, yeah. Um, you know, we can put the abstract up and um, people can contact Absolutely. the authors. People exactly. love sharing their research. We just can't do it for copyright reasons. For yeah, reasons. right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm, so very um, interesting. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It was a pilot, basically drug checking pilot at Insight, um, operated by Vancouver Coastal Health. Yeah. So um, that good. might give people some further information. Yeah. Great. So, and what about you? What have you? You've been travelling. I've been travelling again and um, the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was at this meeting um, with hepatologists and it's and I realized yeah. while I was there it's not often that I'm at a meeting where there's just clinicians which is a great thing to mm. say about the Australian conference landscape actually which is mm. that we we the conferences we tend to run have a, a broader uh, disciplinary base and um, there's there's not often the opportunity to be just with one group of people so yeah. it, it was illuminating for me because um, some of the kinds of things we might take for granted, like a public health approach to hepatitis C, this is what this meeting was about, really yeah. had to be worked on to be there because these yeah. are clinicians and they work in hospitals yeah. and that's their yeah. their view of the world yeah. mostly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, the, it was really great to have um, other people there as part of the um, mm. teaching group uh, who were clinicians who did have a bigger, broader view of the world. And... Yeah. Um, it occurred to me too through the course of the meeting that, you know, these um, hepatologists, they're, you know, obviously they're very smart people. They've trained mm. for years and years and years and mm. they've learnt mm. all the um, interesting things that the liver can do to itself or have done to it. And mm. um, in talking about treatment for hep C, there was this kind of prompt mm. question, okay, so someone's come back PCR negative, um, what do you do then and what kind of further investigations do you um do and mm -hmm. and then the discussion went yeah, to right. and how confident would you be to do them so there was all these yeah. other tricky parts yeah, of the right. body that um, treatment for hep c with particular kinds of liver disease may impact yeah, you know, right. complications from renal disease and and cardiac yeah. disease and i don't know heaps of other um tricky yes. things that make me feel a bit sick to think about because I'm, <laughs> I'm not very good with insides of bodies and stuff anyway um but there was this other term on the list which is a, which was addiction and you know we can uh, also put some yeah. um brackets around you know that the use of that yeah. term but i, I won't term. do that sure. today but the, yeah. but the, in medicine they use the term addiction, addiction and, for that area yeah, yeah exactly and it was very interesting to note that um, many of the hepatologists in the room were not that comfortable, very comfortable in understanding the impacts of renal disease and what they would have to do for hepato uh, hepatitis treatment, hepatitis C treatment. But addiction, uh, which I thought, you know, even if we look at the use of drugs rather mm. than the dependence on drugs, would yep. be far more prevalent in the group of people turning Absolutely. up for hepatitis C treatment than really yeah. tricky um Kidney disease, just because. By a long, long, yeah. long, long way. Yeah. 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 yeah and it just wasn't on the radar. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I think this is part of the issue of um, training for in undergraduate medicine. And I've worked yeah. in medical faculties before this job. Yeah. So I've had a little bit of a taster of it. But yeah. the kind of siloing and, and very biomedical yeah. approach to understanding the body and these... Um, 
I'm going to use, you know, you can't see my air quotes floating, but they're right there, you know, <laughs> diseases of society uh, or yeah, even the social determinants yeah. of health. Like they, they're just mm-hmm. not really um, there in yep. in people's training. And no wonder they feel less confident and have yeah. less knowledge about them. And that was a real yep. gap, a real illuminating yeah. gap of, you know, where we really should be spending time in these meetings providing hepatologists with access to good providers in the drug and alcohol mm-hmm. treatments, alcohol and other drug treatment space. The linkages. Yeah, yep. to give them some background, to know where to go, to Great. know what kinds of yep. things they need to be looking for. So not rocket exactly. science perhaps, but really illuminating. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 It's, it is interesting and I think, um, you know, we do know that medical schools, you know, that there is very little, um, I think even even now there's very little focus um, at all on drugs and drug yeah. use and those issues um, when people are training, just yeah. um, their basic medical training. Um, I imagine once you go on to specialise in an area yeah. in, in your career as well, um, you know, you obviously do need to, you know, really focus in on what your specialty area is, but um you're right you know when it is such a prevalent issue um yeah you know presenting with sort of the vast majority of people that you will be uh treating you would think that there would be um at the very least good linkages across um and and you know good basic sort of um understanding and of working in those areas but um not you know so. i think it mm. not so and i think it, it really points in some ways doesn't it to this whole issue of um you know just it, it is so much easier i think to focus in on diseases in inverted commas again yeah. that you can see and you know that are you know kind of physical manifestations but once you get into that space of um conditions that affect people that are less sort of tangible than that there's all sorts of stigmas and stuff that start to come up don't they and they you know for the people working in it as much as those who are experiencing it. yeah maybe Mm. we could finish with um a little story of mine from my teaching Mm. days and this was in a very (laughs) prestigious uk institution where i was teaching 500 undergraduate medical students about joined up thinking and government approaches to um, public health and this right. was at the beginning of the 2000s when joined up thinking was very much the thing <laughs> so here I am and you know I'm not easily phased by much and I'd been teaching for a while and you know blah 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 and so here I am doing my spiel on joined up thinking and and um, you know, I thought it was fascinating and I looked <laughs> down and here's two people in the front row of this huge lecture theatre pashing on I did not know what to do. I became flustered, <laughs> lost my place. Like I, I, that just oh not God. happened. Doesn't happen to me. <laughs> do I throw like a a balled up did piece say, of paper at them? God and say, get a hotel. Yes. Or did someone... <laughs> and I, oh, I couldn't believe it. So I blushed and stumbled on. I thought, Jesus, I really have to pick up my pick up my performance if I'm going to convince anyone. <laughs> joined up thinking uh, but then I started to reflect maybe maybe they were just like so overcome with the excitement of it they couldn't control themselves you know maybe they were like future bureaucrats and found it all so <laughs> exciting
Oh my god! What a weird thing. I mean, really, I know. That, what a weird. That would thing. have to be. That would have to be an unusual um, experience on anyone's. Or I think I don't. I think um, it ever happened in any lecture theatre that I was ever in. Uh, me so, either. Not, maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. Like, maybe you I weren't having enough the front, fun. As you anything. can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, um, on that go- note. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I guess I, I guess we probably are pretty much out of time yeah, we, for our yeah, I think we are. quick, yep. extra easy catch up. Well, um, good to talk again. Yes, and we'll put some uh, links as we yes, said to, to that medium some release of the stuff. and yep. possibly um, you know maybe there's some other bits and pieces uh, from the harm reduction. I think they've got put out a highlights um, yeah. little highlights package or something from the conference uh, that I haven't looked at yet. But if that's kind of worthy and, and of interest, um, then we might pop that up as well. But it was apparently good conference and a good few days and, um, you know, lots of sort of new thinking in the harm reduction space. So great. Checking out. Good to hear. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll sign off Thanks. for this time. See ya. Have right. a good week. You, you too. Everyone else. And we'll <laughs> talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. For more information about this podcast, Our guests and upcoming episodes head to httpcsrh.arts.unsw.edu.au.